Hello. Yep. All right. So we got the Bible. We got the phone book. <sighs> Have you been to Vegas? Um, we went to Vegas together actually once. Oh, we drove through. We drove through, and we I think we ate at In and Out or Sonic. Yeah, we ate at a place with stupid face. Gabe, yeah. Excuse me, Gabe. Well, Gabe. I'm sorry. I'll call him by his his given name. <laughs> I know okay you've been there but like it, it's everyone's like oh it's so bad and I've been I've even stayed a night here with Liz and I and I remember being like so depressing but it's so bad it's horrifying <laughs> I, but I swear it's, a, it's, it's a, a ring of hell I don't know which but ring there are people that love it a lot of people love it. no this is the meat of the podcast <laughs> Wait, have you ever, have you ever caught your, have you ever caught your profile reflection in the mirror? Yeah. 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 From Vegas <laughs> and Brooklyn, this is She's in Russia, I'm Lily, and I'm Smith, and today we're talking about Keith Gesson's new novel, A Terrible Country. Yeah, for better or for worse, um, we wrapped ourselves we in a bind it. and we read this book. <laughs> I feel like I want, I personally want to just like, we did have a conversation about why we read it. Okay, but first let's, let's give people the premise real quick. Okay. Do you want to do that or shall premise I? Premise of the book? Mm-hmm. You can do it. I'm curious what you mean by that. Okay. I am just mean the, the plot. You're just going to I just want to tell people what the book is about. Really. Okay, real quick. I'm not going to tell them the whole thing. I'm just going to give them the premise okay, of the Okay, light summary. Um. Yeah, basically the main character is a first-person novel. The main character, Andre, moves to Moscow for a year to take care of his grandmother because his brother, who has lived across the hall from her for the past however many years in Moscow, um, has to leave the country for certain unknown reasons. But he's kind of like one of those liberal capitalists and he gets on the bad side of the government. So he flees to London and then he tells his brother who's just finished his PhD or has been out of his PhD program for like a year or two that he needs to come stay with their grandmother. So he goes to Moscow and it's basically about his life in Moscow yeah. for this year. And you didn't mention this, but it's kind of obvious, but not necessarily. Um, he is, so the two brothers are like, emigres in america their parents right. were yeah. russian born soviet born they mm-hmm. emigrated in i think they emigrated in the 70s he said right or uh, 80s i mean they they emigrated yeah. like earlier on but they 70s because he yeah, not and that he's 90s, like so. in the story he's like he was a kid when he emigrated which has large autobiographical overlaps with the real life story of keith gesson um, also yeah. known as masha gesson's brother <laughs> just saying since everyone's like oh yeah. and including him in the book he's like Krupskaya Lenin's faithful wife I was like uh, seriously that's all you could say no, he said it he twice d- he does no no he says more no no that's fine the quote no 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 he literally says first he says Lenin's wife then he says Lenin's faithful wife 
like, all right, really? let's, before we start the hate session, let's, you know, try to be diplomatic about oh, it. I'm not going to be, I mean, I'm just, okay, sorry. So, Masha Gessen's brother wrote a book. Is it, is it, <laughs> yeah, I think they've gotten that covered already. Is there anything else we want to say about the plot before we start? And I think at some point there are going to be spoilers, but we'll warn beforehand so that if you do want to read the book, then you can skip ahead for those parts. Oh my God, I just lowered the chair and so much better. Okay. So you get that he's like this academic boy in Moscow. He's struggling boy. to find work. Yeah. So yeah, that's, he, yeah. that's enough. He's American. It, the, the important distinction between he and his brother is that when his family emigrated to the U.S. in, like, I guess the late 70s or whatever, uh, he was still, like, a little kid, like, six, and his brother was 16. And so there's kind of this distinction where his brother was always much more, like, Soviet and Russian than he was. And the brother moved back to Russia Early after on. Yeah. high school. Yeah. Yeah. And lived there for, you know, a lot of life. And participated in, like, building the new Russia, basically, which just means doing various business ventures um, in post-Soviet yeah. Russia. Right. So, yeah, like... Well, okay. Let, I do you have something you want to say about it overall, or or can I say? I mean, I you can say something overall, but I do want I do want to explain. I don't like like I feel uncomfortable with the idea of doing this episode without explaining why we did it. Oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. Like first. we ahead. didn't just like we don't like we really did think about should we read this book and talk about it, um, and then we got, got ourselves into a bind. But um, this book, as as far as we could tell is like the most recent novel fictional piece about russia written in english published first in english right um yeah. by an american I feel like that we so can it has say this that. like yeah this and it's been getting a lot of attention and it's been getting a lot of attention so we're like oh we want to look into this thing i'm just saying that because i have a lot of bad things to say and i don't want to like just I mean, yeah, you you said the whole thing about, like, if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. Like, why did we choose yeah. a book if we don't like it? Yeah. Well, we didn't know we weren't going to like it, and it did get quite okay. a lot of acclaim. But, but don't speak for me, because I did enjoy it. I'm saying, I okay, I didn't know that I wouldn't like it. How about that? Okay. Yeah, it, the not saying, I, I believe in that in a sense. Like, <laughs> the other day, Lily and I were reading this movie review and just, like, talking about how reviews are dumb, because, like, what's the point? First of all, it's like... um. The, the way Grace has put it is like critic. We're not critics, but like critics are really like star fuckery, you know, because it's like, why are you like writing about something? Why don't you just make something instead? It's yeah. so boring. Um, and then the other thing is like, it's kind of lame to just do something to be mean about it because it's not like if you write a bad review. Unless that. Yeah. Right. Like unless that thing is actively hurting people, which like I think you would have to kind of stretch reality to say that this book is hurting. Well, anybody. it's hurting and, in the absence of other things. But yeah. OK, but it, that's not. Keith Gesson's responsibility. No. I mean, he's free to write books that are bad. Yes. Yeah. His thing. Oh, come on. Smith, there, it's not there a good, good book. parts about it. Okay, let, let me say the thing why. I want to say about okay, it that that I think is really nice about it and why I enjoyed reading okay. it. Okay. All right. So the, the, the th- reason I enjoyed reading it is I find this particular way of writing kind of comforting. And well, what is that? that is like the focus on the mundane. And I know that maybe for him that wasn't like his central focus, but he did something similar to like what Murakami does where the central character is kind of doing repetitive things and there's a lot of focus on the person's schedule and things like eating and going to the grocery store. And at least for the first half of the book, like that is the focus. Like he goes to the coffee shop, he talks with his grandmother, he plays anagrams, 
with his grandmother. He um, eats food and he plays hockey. And there's a lot of talk about hockey and like the specific moves in hockey and like, oh, on Monday and Tuesday, I go to this hockey game under this stadium and then I go to this one outside the city so like that kind of stuff I find very comforting and I thought like the hockey and the interaction with his grandmother were the nicest parts of the book and I like the, the grandmother thing with his character she's the she's thing good. the thing with his grandmother was like I don't know you know when like the central character it's it's told from the first person so you're kind of um I don't know what the word for it is but you're like from the first of the page, like you might be expected to be like on their team or like it's, it's easier to be on their team because they're like writing from their perspective. Yeah. So I liked how he doesn't, he's like, he struggles to do like be a good family member to his grandma. You know, like there's times she's like a little old lady and there's times that he like yells at her or he gets really irritated with her and then he feels bad about it. And so at least for the first half of of the book, like the focus is just him trying to figure out how he can like be a better, kinder person to his grandmother and him kind of failing at that or like going to hockey or, or like even the little thing about how he realizes that finally he can get Wi-Fi in the apartment if he sits in a particular way with his computer on the windowsill. Like I really like those sor- sorts of details. Yeah. I think that's nice. It's I, well, I like the way that I like the grandmother's character basically and how she like just sometimes like I don't know comments on on particular things or like her reaction to when at one point like a little bit later on when she's a bit disoriented but she she, like reacts to Putin's face on the tv and like I like the way he portrays that but honestly it was it was like a lot of it the book was really frustrating for me because it's a story of an expat in Russia and I haven't lived in Moscow so that's true and I haven't lived in Moscow or Peter uh, in Russia at all, really before the yeah he was there during in two thousand eight crisis. So when the so there is a sort of economic crisis starting in the book, but the actual crisis mm-hmm. like post Crimea and everything Maidan, when the ruble lost value. So like I did live there a little bit, but not as much uh, as have, I've lived there post crisis. So that makes a huge difference because a lot of the like mundane day to day things really like jar with my perception of reality and do not ring true and um I mean but but Lily like th- a lot of the mundane focus stuff is on like him playing hockey no so no it's not there's two there are that? two I mean the hockey thing I also was interesting yeah but there's I mean I, I liked when he said like where he went and those different neighborhoods but there are two main scenes in which he describes like hockey moves that's not like the majority of the book by any means where he describes like the layout of the field and and you know, actually that's like one of those things that like I have questionable feeling about that but that's sort of a separate thing about when people get really into like uh authors get really into describing one particular um activity that they're doing that's like specific it's like kind of reminds me like war and peace or something but regardless of that like th- the hockey stuff isn't the majority of like the day-to-day things and I just mean like the stuff about money the stuff about how much things cost like, the, like he talks a lot about money and how much things cost because he's always short of money. Um, mm-hmm. And that is that is not an example of, like, any inaccuracy in the book. That's just an example of a different economic situation. But, like, what it's, it's part of it is, like, it's, you're so embedded in this first-person character's head. So especially if you can, like, sort of, you can relate to them as, like, an expat in Russia, you, like, want to relate to them. So it's extra frustrating when they do things that, like, 
like the Wi-Fi thing, when they do things that you, you're like, what are you even doing? Like, why don't you get Wi-Fi? It, it's not expensive. And it's like, in my head, I'm just like, I got so pissed at the beginning when he was like, like it was going 2008. To... You're like forgetting. It no, was I'm not. I said, like, I know that the, I said, I know that it's not the time not forgetting yeah but so what but you are forgetting if you're getting frustrated over his like accessibility to wi-fi in 2008 like you don't that was a distinctly different time even in america you know well yes it was and also i understand that the like economics of it i mean the like cost was different but that's like an example of something that like he doesn't even try to get wi-fi in his apartment which like seems unrealistic and actually like really like the narrative sort of depends on it because that makes him have to go to the cafe a lot like that whole thing I mean yeah I don't know it's like it's possible I guess that in 2008 it would be more difficult to get wi-fi yeah I don't know or or that it could have I mean if he was literally I mean, he portrays himself as being, like, essentially dirt poor with, like, no money to do anything, so. Well, he says how much money he has. He just, he doesn't, like, even try. Like, I mean, he, I think, I, I feel like there's this naive, there's a serious naivete He's, about the character. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I Because, like, he maybe, maybe he assumes, for example, that it costs as much as it does in the States, you know, and, and like, stuff like that, which it doesn't. He's also, when he first gets there, he thinks he's going to be there for, like, a couple of months, you know? Yeah, but he's, so like, his, complaining he's, he's about... He's not planning for the long term. I know, but he's, like, complaining about going to the fucking cafe for the, and, like, how annoying it is and how much of a thing it is. And then I'm just, like, why don't you just try to get Wi-Fi? Like, that, it's... It, dissonance. It was a dissonance for me. Like, I couldn't relate. But that wasn't the main, like, thing I couldn't relate to. I was just giving an example. And, like, yeah, because, like, some of the... Some of them, I mean, some of the money things, like how much coffee costs or whatever, I'm sure, I mean, now if one ruble is like, sorry, one dollar is like 60 or almost 70 rubles at this point, it's really bad. And then it was 30. So, and the prices, they've definitely changed, but I, I, things were much more expensive even in 2012 than they were in 2014. And that changes like his whole, that is like a huge part of his experience, um, is how much things cost. Mm Mm-hmm. There were also moments where, like, I felt like, are you unaware of this as the author? This, like, cultural moment or something? Or is your character's naivete, like, at such a point that that he is, he, like, is explaining a cultural moment, but explaining it wrong or interpreting it in a way that's very confusing? And that also was, like, a big one for me. And let me give a specific example so that's more... clear so oh a little example a very little example is remember at the point where he was like texting back that girl which girl Yulia okay and he texts um he explains that he can text a like a um what backward facing parentheses as a smiley without the two dots mm-hmm. remember yeah and he's like well yeah Russians um they can text like he's explaining this like little cultural moment where like when you wanna when you wanna send a smiley in, in Russian you send a parenthesis, and that he this girl he, he's and sort of the context of the situation is that this girl is like asking him to hang out and he's like he's remember he's like very sort of like he he wants to not like jump into it he's like wants to be careful he's like being tentative or something remember 
Okay. Well, it, I just remember specifically that he's explaining a moment in which he wants to seem like nice, polite, and like warm, but not too excited. Okay. And he sends three smiley friends. No, he goes, I sent four. And like, this might not seem like a big deal to you, but you don't send four. That's way too many. And three is already like extreme excitement and like expressing like, you know, you're like, yes, or like, yay. Lily, Lily, you, you can't, no, no, you can't criticize somebody's texting habits from it. He's, he's older than us. So you don't know. No, 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 no. This is not something. Yes. This is not something. This is like a. You think this is static across generations? Think how think how your parents text versus how you. This text. is not my parents' age. This is a guy but who's he's thirty in two thousand eight. Thirty three. Thirty three in two thousand eight. That was ten and years the ago. The girl he's, is twenty. He's now forty three. Five. Yeah, but uh, I I think that that's like too nitpicky. Like you just don't know. That but it, but don't know. Smith, like, but I do know. I do know. Also, like, and this is the kind of thing that, like, this is the kind of thing that's, like, somebody who, like, these are the little things. It's, like, somebody who writes a book about this and then they, like, explain these little tiny moments or, like, the characters explaining it, right? The character explaining this tiny moment. And I don't understand if the character doesn't get it or if, like, the moment is just, like, not, it's, it, it, it's off because it doesn't have, like, a, it doesn't correspond with, it's like almost there and it is explaining something but not right. To you, but he's he's like in a slightly different technological generation. So it's highly possible that texting habits of that type of person is are different. You don't understand. Yes, I do, Lily. I can look at this in the abstract. Don't tell me I don't understand. Well think think about how people text differently from even five years apart. I just think that you're being like I, I understand what you're getting at, where you're saying, like, he's trying to, like, paint this specific picture of Russia through these, like, kind of mundane details, and he's getting it slightly Sometimes, wrong, yeah. and so he's shifting your feeling of, of, like, first of all, you don't trust him now because he's not being accurate, and he's also slightly shifting the actual atmosphere of what's going on, but it, in this particular case, it's highly probable that the texting behavior of that genre of person was that. Well, that we'd have to ask if now 43 year old yeah i guess yeah but uh, like it's i'm i feel pretty confident but okay the other example is the is like spoken russian and like the informal and informal and i was there in 2012 so it's not like i was like that far away from 2008 or 9 he's there for a year so yeah that's not that huge big big a difference i mean at one point one of the characters tells him when he's like he's like using the informal informal um you different like in different situations he doesn't know how to use them remember mm-hmm. he's like i oh, he's he's always unsure yeah he's always unsure and he approaches people formally and that uncertainty totally makes sense and i remember and i know that uncertainty like i remember knowing that and like learning it um and at one point like a character in the book like tells him to stop being so formal because he sounds retarded remember that <laughs> and that was like i was like thank god jesus <laughs> but um some of the like little back and forth or like the analysis that the character does of that feeling was also just like a little bit like uh, was a little bit off so he said like one when a girl when one of the girl characters was speaking to him formally that she did that like a foreigner and that is weird because that's not true like it is people do use the formal 
like in, one in the in the first circumstance when he meets the person at hockey and he doesn't know if he should use formal or informal like he definitely should use formal and so he doesn't know that but that's not like that's just the character doesn't know they're like naive but uh, or they're inexperienced he's inexperienced so like he doesn't understand what to do yet but later on like when he's analyzing like how different people speak he also kind of like misreads like when they're trying to be aggressive and when they're trying to be normal and like when it's appropriate and like if what what Yulia means when she uses it and all of this stuff and it just like uh, it fell flat for me I don't know it's like it's like is the character such a dunce that's the question that comes yeah, to I mind. mean he is he, he, uh, he even not knowing that stuff and it not either falling flat or falling not flat to me like because I, I just like can't know you know I don't have an intuitive understanding of it like he is a dunce a lot of the times I feel like and is also you know very naive which I, I think the ending just like you're like god you're fucking jackass but yeah the ending is real frustrating uh, the ending is very frustrating yeah I, I don't know but okay so so this is the problem like either he understands all these things and he has the same exact subtle per, like perceptions as you do but he's writing a naive character and so he's giving him these sort of ear oh, he being Keith attributes he, he being Keith guessing oh, yeah. well, yeah. um and so he's writing this character that has kind of these irritating attributes um that somebody who only like of somebody who's familiar with Russia very well would pick up on or he being Keith Gesson truly believes these things and so he's just representing them as that in the book or I guess the last option is like okay there's more subtlety there but I'm trying to communicate to an audience that doesn't know anything about this stuff or doesn't care about it so I'm just gonna like represent it how I think is best aesthetically (laughs) yeah I hope it's not the third one I mean the third one makes sense in some in some case right because the the, oh, how is it? Is it T or, or tie? T? T and V? Like the, the formality T, yeah. of of using a certain pronoun, right? Is there a pronoun or it's like an ending to a word? It's both. I mean, it can be different things, but it's like you, you or the you ending. What do you call that? Case? The formal yeah. case? Okay. So like, yeah, the, this kind of like ongoing conflict in his brain of using the formal case Well, it's or not, not really. Is, a, oh, sorry. It's not a case. Mood shading. I don't know. It's not, it's not any okay. of those things. Hard to describe it. But either. I think people intuitively understand yeah. what that means. Like, are you either using the formal way of speaking or the informal way of speaking? And that would, could be an aesthetic choice because it is a kind of a nice through line and it is a good way to represent his insecurities of being simultaneously Russian and American. And his insecurities of, like, coming back to Russia and living there. It's, like, a nice way to be, like, oh, he doesn't understand the language quite yet. Well, yeah. No, 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 it is. That's what's, it's, like, ah. There are moments like that where it's, like, it's close. It's definitely an important point, and there is a confusion. But then it doesn't quite, like, do you, grasp. Do, right, no. Yeah, I understand. Do you think Do you think that it's because his writing just isn't quite good enough for him to write close and like closely enough to the truth? He just like can't quite get the words to represent it, or you think Possibly. that that's just his experience of it, and it's just not similar to yours, and so it feels wrong to you? Um, well, in the VT thing, I think it's very possible that that's actually his experience, and that he has a lot more like 
maybe he's just not really observing, but just assuming, like assuming that that's the way things are. Like, oh, that means that they're going to be my friend, but actually now they're disrespecting me and having all these assumptions. Instead of my experience of it was that I observe social interactions and then absorb them and then copy them. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he's also in a kind of odd position where like he learned Russian growing up. Yeah, but in America. And so his social interactions with Russians. No, I mean, were like a very specific isolated. Yeah, exactly. But I mean that exactly. So maybe he's making more assumptions based on his experience in America. But then I'm saying it's very possible that he has a different way of interacting once he's in Russia, like interacting with like more assumption based than like experiential this character. So I think that that's totally viable. I mean. The writing has a lot of like, um, okay, you can cut this out if you want, but I can give you specific fucking examples. The writing has so many, um, a lot of narrative, like telling instead of showing for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, like now I'm going to tell you what happened next or this Traveling all over the place. Side note, you love to do, like, it's in. I do that maybe in the podcast, but, like, not in writing. Traveling all over to play hockey, I saw the strangest things. Did you? Like, tell me what you saw that is strange. That makes me think... um, It's like after school, especially. Yeah, what is that? That also makes me think, like, is this character... Is this, like, just to give guess in the benefit of the doubt like is this character kind of writing their autobiography and they're just not very good at it you know like the the character is that's the way they write because they're naive they're like that's part of their thing you know yeah i mean i think that might be giving guessing too much credit oh and like then there was some oh, wait sorry just to go back i'm looking at my notes because there was some like moments also it's the why i care about these things i'm really nitpicking on them is like not surprising probably to you, maybe not to anyone, which is that like, okay, yeah, the little parentheses, smileys, that's not so important. The the like informal, formal you is not so important. But then there are these scenes that also, to me, like misrepresent, they misrepresent, like I find them to misrepresent the situation at the time, but like I don't know what it was at the time, but like the situation definitely now and like over my experience. And so it's like either that was the situation in 2008 because like he picked out certain stories to tell um mm-hmm. or it wasn't and so like one of those is like remember there's a few there's someone getting shot in the leg in public it's like really hard to imagine that yeah. happening in 2008 to me like it's one like especially <laughs> i don't know like especially in the way it was done it was like so nonchalant and like I don't know. It's something you would almost like a scene you would, you would almost more like stereotypically put in America somewhere. Who gets shot in the leg? No, it's like a story of someone, someone retelling being like this woman like talked back to a guy and he shot her in the leg. Oh, that's right. I Okay. That, yeah, that does, that sounds, that sounds very American to me. And that is a thing I would believe in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was like, what? People don't just have guns on that. That sounds really odd. But then like, I mean, some people do, but not, it's not like in America. And then, well, but, but he, was that like, I mean, he's definitely still in that, um, kind of like post nineties. But 2008. But the, when were they telling the story about, you know? Oh, well, okay. I thought it was about that time. Also, 2008, like, just f- for a little bit of perspective, we were sophomores in high school in 2008. So, 
I know. I don't. But I, we really, I, we just like really didn't know. Like, there's no way you knew what was going and on. And I know, but I'm again, I was Russia there, but, slash like we didn't know what was going on anyway. But I was there in, again in 2012, and it's not that many years later. And and like people, I know sort of generally Russian history about what was going on. Like, it's not like sure, sure. But you were you were doing a study abroad program at a small college in St. Petersburg. You still get a sense of something. Like, yeah, I definitely have a better sense now. But it's like, I I said I get, I'm get I I said I said this maybe is really like just such a drastic change. The analogy to that is like somebody coming from Russia and going to read for a semester and then going back to Russia and like people t- talking about like school shootings or like people getting shot in the leg, which is something that would happen in America. And then them being like, I didn't get that sense at all. It's like, yeah, well, obviously well, no, you but were Smith, like you can't compare school. Portland and St. Petersburg. They're not like they don't have any of the same meaning or number of people or anything like that. Like for the country, a- any city, it is any city you go to, even if you went to like NYU, and you went for a semester and you were like in a little program where they're like, you're in your Moscow program, we're teaching you English. Okay, but you know, she's like in Moscow. It's like Moscow and St. Petersburg are like, the, they are more similar to each other than they are to any other place in the country. I'm just saying that being a study abroad student is not going to give you a representation. Okay, of what's going on and in I'm that place. saying from my perspective, garnered over time, which started not that far away from 2008, that was the point of the study abroad thing. That seems un- unusual. Also, that cafe scene, this is a spoiler one, but that cafe scene where, like, they kick the grandma out of the cafe. Yeah. It's very hard to imagine. Like, how could that happen? That I, I have no, like, um, it's when you read something and then it has no basis in reality for you. That's what that feels like. You're like, just no- nothing. I can't, I can't root it to any, like, I don't understand it. From why? Like, what happened in the scene? I don't, I don't get it. And it's like, it's, it's so, it's like, I feel this weird discomfort because I'm like, is Moscow of 2008 so, so different from Moscow and St. Petersburg of now? Like that, that would happen. But yeah, but why do you have to take that scene as a representation of Moscow in 2008? Why, why can't that just be like, I mean, I also agree with you. I was like, what the fuck? But, but what I'm saying is like, there's millions of people in Moscow and, by random chance things like that can happen and it doesn't have to be a specific representation yeah it doesn't it doesn't but like the character because of the way the book is structured and it's like these very mundane things as you said this repetitive everyday stuff and then like these Mm -hmm. it feels like everything that happens feels like um is important important and stands out so it's like whoa like what is that story and what is the leg story like they uh the shooting in the leg they stand out really i i more believed the like rich boy mm, fist like hitting him though also pistol whip can you when you when you explain stuff can you just like actually explain what happened okay i also so then there's other scenes spoiler alert we're like uh you don't need to spoiler alert all those i thought you said you're gonna we will tell you when we're gonna spoil something i well i guess you can but i i was more thinking like when we talk about big things like i want to talk about the ending Okay, whatever. So we'll definitely. So there's then there's the scene that um, the main character gets punched in the face with a a gun. Like what is that called? Yeah, pistol. Pistol whip. So somebody like I think it's where you like yeah you hit somebody gets out of their car handle of the gun. And I also felt very like I felt like it's possible that somebody 
this like jealous boyfriend would would get out and punch him in the face and that didn't seem like too hard for me to imagine but the gun felt also out of place the lot okay, of guns. but lily we literally know two people that got hit over the head with a bottle on in st petersburg for no reason a gunsmith it's not the same as a bottle anyone drunk can have a bottle anyone sober a gun what do you think that you have like a good understanding of how many people actually have guns in russia yeah it's not legal you can't just buy a gun there's like much more restrictive i mean this guy's supposed to be like this like government boy who has more privilege so it's yeah. believable that he could possess a gun I just, I don't know. I feel like you're being like a little too harsh and you're doing this thing where you're, you're kind of acting like you have a monopoly on all the potential ways in which. No, I'm not. I'm trying to present it. No, I'm trying to give really specific. uh, I said this one is more believable. I'm trying to give really specific like examples of when I felt personally like the, the telling was detached from reality because you read a book that's set in, you know, it's not set in like fucking Vladivostok. It's set in Moscow where I have spent more time than in any other other than st petersburg any other city in russia so it's not Mm. like horribly just unfamiliar for me and when a person who hasn't spent time reads a book like if this book was set in a different country i really would not know and wouldn't be able to make these comments that's the point um i'm not having a monopoly i'm just expressing like what because this is in the context of the way it's written in the context of the overall sort of like feeling you have at the end of the book and for me during the book in the context of all of that like that's why I'm like harping on these things like it would be different if I felt like the book was like you know this extremely um some I had like some sort of like it was like this poignant really well told story and then I like wanted to just but there were like some moments of discomfort I mean the part of the reason it like feels it's like extra hard I'm extra harping on it probably because I feel like I don't know it, there was a lot of telling and 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 it felt removed the whole narrative feels removed to me well I think that may have been intentional in some way what, right? the, the removed part mm-hmm. well what do you mean I mean because uh, I feel like we referenced this earlier in the conversation and he definitely guessed and talked about this when he went on Sean's podcast but just this idea that yeah the whole like benefiting from it and like studying it and not really being a part of it and especially his experience as a as an immigrant and then coming back it would make sense then that the narrative would feel slightly removed whether or not we're going to give him credit and say that he did that intentionally or not it does make sense within the context of the story sure sure like I, yeah, they're just like so I I re- I recognize how the book is irritating, and then like okay, the, for people listening to like about halfway through the book, he gets involved with this like group of socialists. That didn't even annoy me as much as you said it would. It uh, honestly that annoyed me because, and it makes sense within the context of the ending also. But like he never really truly seemed to care, and I felt like his switch was really immediate, and like he was kind of acting like he was like nineteen or twenty. And instead right. he was 33. 33 and like he hears one guy talk and he's like, oh, my God, I understand how capitalism is the underlying system that makes my grandmother's life bad. But it's like, no, not 
really because your grandmother's like immediate happiness at this point in her life is very much dependent on how well you treat her. So like you yelling at her probably has much more of an impact than the capitalist system. At this yeah. Point. I'm just, and, yeah. and so he, sw- he just like switches so quick and, it's like you've been in academia, like you've been exposed to these ideas, you've read Marx, you n- know the history of the Soviet Union. And so I felt like a little bit irritated by that because it's like, OK, so but one guy says it to you and suddenly like your whole w- mind is revolutionized. So that always felt artificial to me. Um, and he kind of acknowledges that, too. The, the character does um, that, like he is maybe using them a little bit or he like you he does write a paper about this guy sergey who gave the speech and ends up submitting it to a journal which later helps him get a job right i mean so that there is that there is that built-in removal there because in the same way that like anybody who like moves to russia or to any country has that fallback where it's like oh well, i can just go home if i want to there is that escape hatch yeah i mean that it didn't bother me as much as other things, I guess, which is funny, but I kind of, it, I mean, yeah, it was sort of unrealistic how he sort of like, yeah, his yeah. eyes open and he's suddenly <laughs> yeah. like a socialist. It's like you're in your third decade yeah. of being like, again, on as, well, Everything you said, you've been exposed to these ideas before, but yeah, th- this is one of these examples where I felt like th- this, in this case, the novel was like portraying some nugget of truth of like an interaction that I could recognize. That's the truth that I mean. So something I can relate to in a way that was sort of like shaded in something unrealistic. So the unrealistic is this narrative arc where like, why is he, why is this happening so like weirdly and bright eyed and bushy tailed and easy. But the truth is this, which he doesn't say explicitly, surprisingly, um, (laughs) is that there's, there's something to be said for same, the same idea idea actually maybe he does mention this being like in russian or in from these yeah he does mention this actually from these russian people that suddenly like makes it to him more exciting or a new yeah. yeah and and that's something i can relate to in like lots of it, it also doesn't hurt that he's like desperate for social interaction yeah and, and has a crush on cool. the girl and has a crush on the girl yeah but but like I mean, I also appreciate that thing about the character, too. Like, this this guy that he went to school with comes to visit who's, like, a total jackass, and he, like, yells at him, and that was satisfying. Oh, yeah. he, he Yeah, so sometimes his naivete is, like, is nice, is refreshing. Like, when he yeah, yells at this pretentious he's, sinc- he's a sincere person, and you know how I have a soft spot for sincere people. It's a character, Smith. You just have such a soft spot for the whole book because it's written by a character who's sincere? I mean, it's narrated. I mean, your your like distaste for the book is rooted in the fact that you don't like the main character's like approach to the world or his observations because you think they're off. But I have the privilege of not knowing enough about Russia for them to not feel off to me. And also I have a soft spot for sincere people and the main character is a sincere person. And so I'm more uh, willing and lenient with him. Yeah, and I think part of my approach is also problematic because I'm definitely like or maybe not problematic but I'm definitely like thinking about the character and thinking about the author and kind of like intertwining them in my head and like which they are intertwined they are intertwined but like I mean I'm a literature student I know that you shouldn't like only read like be like psychological I mean you can but it's not very interesting to like psychoanalyze authors on their based on their books Mm -hmm. or like whatever it just it's not considered interesting maybe it is interesting actually um but yeah, like I'm definitely on like a personal level, 
uh, had a, like thinking about the author's relationship to the character and the and the characters and the author's then relationship to like the content of the story in that sense. Like li- like there's so many things I could keep going. Remember when the grandmother drinks out of the saucer? Mm-hmm. So that's a choice I guess that Gessen made for the character to not know that that's not an idiosyncrasy of his grandmother, but it's a Russian tradition. It's like, do you not oh. know that? And it kind of like, I, oh, I have a question. Like, okay. Because for the reason he gave, which is to cool down the tea or yeah, but because it's okay. But he presents, but I it's mean, a thing that a lot of people would do. It's older people. It's like an older, I feel like almost like it's in my mind, it's like a, I don't know if it's even Soviet or pre-Soviet, but it's like, a sort of old-fashioned, like, Russian village thing, you know, like, it doesn't look, uh, or at least now it reads sort of, like, old-fashioned or backwards. Does she do that? Where does she do that? She in, does that somewhere in, the in cafe, public, right? Where she gets Okay, oh, she does it in the cafe, but he doesn't, when she does it, he's not embarrassed by it. He's just, like, she, which is a thing she likes to do to cool down the tea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he's just, like, my grandmother mm. pours, and so that's a moment where he presents this cultural, um, specificity no, no. as an individual yeah. quirk and you have to question is it is it because you don't know or is it because the character doesn't know and, well i have to question or does the character know and it's just no no, no, just no no the way the character says it, it makes it really sound like he's like grandma likes to do this thing like just her little thing he's also he is also writing for a specific audience well the audience that doesn't know because he explains a mm-hmm. lot of things <laughs> He explains a lot of things that, like, people who have who know Russia would know, but then he doesn't explain that. So that's one of those moments where, like, I was like... Yeah. Well, the thing is that I think that, I think that, that he suspect. does know. I mean, I hope. But I think that the character doesn't know. Because it's, it's not like... It is an old-fashioned thing, so it's not like people are doing that now, really. Like, so someone's dad might... Or dad parents might do it. Grandparents, you know? Mm-hmm. It's this, yeah, little charming moment. Or, like, an- another, and this, like, feels also sort of like his expat self coming through is, like, him calling kasha, like, only one thing, when kasha is a general word for all grains. And he, like, only calls one kasha kasha. And that was also, like, I was like, what? Like, you know, you know, that's weird. Like, you're around people who would refer to other things. Like, because you would, when kasha is prepared in a, there's, like, a... Like, would you call oatmeal some kasha? What? No, like, you would call I mean, you, the formal name would be like oat kasha, but people have okay. a nickname for it, and they have a nickname for buckwheat, and they have a nickname for all other ones as well. But what's the nickname for buckwheat? Grichka, which he says. Mm, but it, okay. but he's like kasha grichka, like he puts them together, um, and then he's like, the, when, remember when he goes on that whole like uh, what's the word? He really like pontificates or something about Kasha, like on and on. An ode yeah. to Kasha, basically. <laughs> He's like, it's the the one thing I make. Because yeah. he started to make it and it's like, Tolstoy didn't Kasha, Chekhov didn't Kasha. With the power of Kasha in my hands, I needed to rely on no one ever again. Yeah. Totally like harmless for him to not say that. But again, like something I noticed. I mean, harmless for him to not make a distinction. But um, something I noticed, especially because right. he goes on a real poem ode to it. And then the make, you know how he also, the character makes big blanket statements about Russia pretty often, you know, and about America sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like even from the title. Let's, let's try to cue up some specific things. Okay. Oh, okay. I can do that. Oh, here's, remember when he said, <laughs> I literally, my note says, this is fucked up. <laughs> it's 
To be Russian was in some way constantly to have to choose, not between rap and metal per se, but between the Russian and the Western, in what you ate, what you listened to, and what you thought. There was there was a similar one that I highlighted, which was um, even in Russia, a place where you'd think people would be worried about surviving, staying out of jail, and not yeah. getting run over by a car. Even here, people wanted to fuck one another. It's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Like that's a the underlying thing of existence. See, that 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 even here they want to. That fuck. sentence kills me because it's like I don't agree with the even here part, and I don't agree with the second part. So I'm just like ah. Hate it. I, I do agree, but it's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But then I don't agree with the first part, so it's just like so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> the whole sentence. I, yeah, I also highlighted that. I'm just like, girl, I have so many notes that are just like, well, he's definitely like, he's on safari a little bit, you know? Which like, whatever, be on safari. You mean just to like coming at it like an ethnography or something? Not even like, eth- like a little bit like ethnography, but I almost mean like really like wow the world's an amazing place like even the violence and stuff he likes in some way because he gets to describe these juxtapositions with the violence as the context you know like even when there's all this violence people want to have sex like that feels exciting and good to him or like his relationship with Yulia who's becomes his girlfriend like where they don't have enough money to do anything and she rotates her bed with her roommate like that feels romantic to him where they're just like in public like trying to buy things cheaply and like make time it feels like illicit and teenagery and in a way that I think he enjoys yeah whereas like if that was your life in America on an ongoing basis it would start to feel bad like, being impoverished in a different country probably feels better. <laughs> Especially when you have an escape, as you said. I think that's the, right. the point. Uh, but then but then he think, has things that are astute, and I really appreciate. Like, he's describing this, uh, this like, fellow student, this guy that he went to school with who's, like, a total dick. And he has his, this guy's name is Fishman. He's like, Fishman was always putting his hands on people in a conspiratorial manner. What an asshole. Like, that kind of stuff I like. Yeah, there were like a f- there were definitely like some nice moments. Like he he he's able to capture subtlety at certain points. Oh, how about this one? You had to cook or you would starve. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. What one. about the Stolovitz? He names all he names all these different places to eat, and this is again. I'm like, what is wrong with this character? Like it's like so unobservant or what? Like he names all these places to eat, but he doesn't name like the cafeterias. Cafeterias are the way to eat cheaply, you know. It's weird. He's like either a restaurant or a grocery store with shitty products or like the coffee shop. Well, one other thing I like that he says is he takes his mother to um, a movie. His grandmother? His grandmother, yeah, sorry. Um, and she doesn't like it. And afterwards, my grandmother pursed her lips and shook her head. I recognized the gesture because I had inherited it it somehow, presumably via my mother, and used it when I was forced, almost against my will, to point out that some much-praised movie or TV show or book was, in fact, garbage. Those things to me are some sort of small truth because when he said that, I, like, perfectly understood what he meant, you know? So he is able to get at those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, that feeling when you're reading something and you perfectly understand what the author means is a very satisfying feeling and it was, Mm -hmm. you know, there were a few few moments like that. What about Russian girls, even intellectual Marxist Russian girls, starve themselves? (laughs) Yeah, that one. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) 
Oh, God. Yeah, he should just not try to make any observations outside his, like, immediate experience. Like, it, honestly, if the book had just been, like, I go to hockey and then I sit with my grandmother, like, I think that would have been Did nice. Did you like those really detailed descriptions of what he, how he played hockey so much? So specific. Yeah. Like, really, like, and then you turn left and then shot me along one. Like, those things? Like, the play-by-play. Yeah, I liked all the uh, hockey I stuff. Didn't like, I didn't like the play-by-play. Cause you don't like watching, well, I guess you watch soccer. Yep. But do you actually watch soccer? I like watching soccer. But you don't watch it on a regular basis. Mm, like no. To me, to me, his description like feels very much like sportscastery, which like I enjoy that way of describing okay. things. Okay. You know. Wait, let me give an example of something that I did relate to, which, okay, because then that's more nice, right? That's like the moments of what we're calling like truth for us. Um, mm-hmm. Remember when like he has a he, he like buys wine or something. He has like a good experience with like a shopkeeper, and then he's like, he's like that started happening to me later on because when they first, when I'd first arrived, they'd smell, they, they'd smelled, they'd smelled fear on me and worry and displacement. I had shed mm-hmm. it now. I was, I was an emigre. <laughs> Remember that? Like, yeah, the, that, the way he describes it, it's not like uh, incredible or anything, but it's just like the thing that he's describing is, is very relatable to me, which is that like you start to, in the beginning, maybe if the world like, a lot of interactions feel hostile to you or like, and then like over time, like little things like buying something in a shop. And then over time, like, you know, if you do, someone is nice to you or you do like get sort of like a positive feeling from an interaction. Suddenly you're like, it's like, first of all, really, really rewarding and nice. And also you can't tell if it was like that before or if you've changed and now people are treating you differently right. or if like right. you've stopped caring or like what's going on. But like there is a change that happens. I kind of want to talk about the ending because I just want to rail on the character for a second. Now she wants to rail. Okay, but you can't... I, I, I feel like... Okay, you can talk about the ending. Maybe this whole thing is a spoiler, honestly. We've said a lot of details about the book. If we rail on it, are you going to be like... Okay, so... I don't know. I, I, don't, I know, you, I know you have, you're having like a sort of... You explained to me like why you don't want to be mean to me like super mean. Um... Well, also because I found the book comforting in a lot of ways, and yeah, and I'm not that, and you and I can disagree. It's good that we disagree. Like we can talk about the ending, but I do have some sort of overall thoughts about the book that I want to talk about because they explain like why I care. Okay, well, let's talk about the ending. Go ahead, talk about that. I just don't want you to get Um, fatigued. Yeah. Okay. So, spoiler, and we'll put in the description like the times of the spoilers, I guess. But this is an actual spoiler. So, if you want to read the book. I would skip ahead like between five and seven minutes or look at the times in the description. Um, But basically, so he joins this like political group, political party. That's like, it's small. It's like six people and they have like a reading group once a week. And sometimes they do like small protests. Part of this was that they had, I don't remember the guy's name, but they had this guy who had been at one point, like essentially a political prisoner come and like give them a little training on how to talk to the police um so that had happened they got all the information they needed you know common basic sense common sense stuff like don't talk to the police essentially <laughs> like don't <laughs> the, well like don't yeah, say like, more than don't, you absolutely need to and yeah like that was their like, policy that anybody pretty much across i don't know i maybe that's extreme like across the globe knows but certainly people in america know and i would assume people in russia know as well um 
so they have this little demonstration in front of Russ Oil, and he gets arrested because essentially he like talk. They're doing something clever where they're all in a row, really far apart, so that they aren't technically a protest. Um, but he turns and talks to the guy next to him, and then they arrest him, and they don't know that he's American because you know he's speaking Russian they don't have any way of knowing so he gets taken to the police station and he essentially just like volunteers a bunch of information he's like oh no he's just like doing that it's extremely naive he's doing that thing where like he's like we're not a political group like we just meet once a week and talk about Marx and then like he lists he essentially well, he like says where they the meet in the group yeah, for no he reason. says where they meet with the person's name, whose house it is. He volunteers how he learned about the group and names like the leaders of it. Oh, and he names Sergey right away. Yeah, it's a little shit. Oh, like a like a fucking like such a retarded move. It's like insane to me that he, uh, it was like an extremely infuriating. And the most infuriating part of it is that the the cops are like doing that thing where they're playing him, where they um, are kind of like nodding along with him and being like oh yeah that makes sense when he's like explaining the ideology of the group to them and so he's like feeling a little bit proud of himself because maybe he's like convinced the police of something but then when he finally gets let go he he feels like he's done something a little bit wrong like he's not sure what he did wrong but he has a bad feeling about it and then not I mean it's one of those things where it's like not clear if if it was his responsibility but pretty clear like everybody flees essentially and then two of the people get arrested and sentenced to multiple years in a penal colony and one of them sergey ends up being in prison through the end of the like timeline of the book which is like years later and i was just like i don't know and then he just like and, Wait, and Smith, you didn't say that the people who got arrested are the two people whose first and last names he named so it's not that hard to like I don't, did he name their last name? Yes, he literally goes, Sergey Ivanov. He's like, my oh friend, my the goalie, Sergey Ivanov. Oh who, my God. It's like so insane. And then he goes, what the fuck? And then he goes, we meet at, we meet so at Misha's house. Up. And the guy goes, Misha, <laughs> whatever, and says his last name. And he needs him to confirm it. And he confirms it. Yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, that yeah. one. And, he and, and one of the parts I also hate about this is that he remembers at one point, Sergey like, had like talked to some like government sponsored anti-protesters and Sergey being like you can always talk to anybody and so him like feeling proud of himself for talking to the police and then after he gets released everybody's waiting outside for him and they're like what did you say and he like kind of tells them and then he's like I thought that you said we could talk to anybody like we can convince anybody of our pure ideology and Sergey's like you can't we, talk to police we you don't can talk, talk to the them. army yeah so and it's like yeah obviously I mean and and I kind of understand, like, I don't know. I, like, uh, I was also really frustrated, but I have had a, not an arrest situation by any means, but my border situation in which I, like, have talked to police officers in, like, a congenial way. But it's not an arrest. And I'm not it's part not of a political arrest, group, and I'm not trying to hide it. And you're not part of a political either. group, and you're not trying to hide it, and you're also not giving up other people, and you also didn't just get a training about how not to talk to police. Yeah, and you presumably know what the fuck's going on when they're, like, being congenial. You know they're not, like, on your side. On a border, when I was, like, asked by the Russian border um, about the podcast, remember I, like, or maybe I didn't tell you this, but I, like, t I told, because I was being asked specific questions, I kind of 
this this is what came to mind when I read this part of the book. I told I've told these like border officers, Russian border officers, sort of like the goal of our podcast. <laughs> in like a pro-Russian way or just in like an actually straightforward way? No, in like a mildly tinted pro-Russian way. Yeah. Like and then also did it they they were like so it's like a blog and you were like, "Yes." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew what I like what I was supposed to be saying and like what I like, they were like, so, like, th- is this, like, a personal blog? And I was like, yep, it's just my blog, <laughs> me and my opinions. And then I was like, I didn't say that, but I was like, yes. And then they were like, did you study journalism? And I was like, no, hate journalism. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, basically. What that. is journalism? I mean, I didn't say I hate journalists, but I, like, I, I answered in a specific way. And then when I did, when they were, got interested and were asking me the topic, but I just remember when I, they asked me the topic, I did sort of say, like, I just want to talk about, like, everyday life in Russia. And, like, so it is true, but I was also tinting it in this, like, sort of patriotic way. And I was, yeah. like, talking about the it. The great like, Russian I, people. But, like, for a minute there, for, like, one sentence, I did, like, sort of sell the podcast to them, which, which yeah. is funny because, like, that's sort of what he's doing. He's trying to sell. But, like, obviously, it's a different context. I wasn't being arrested and I wasn't, like, uh, selling other people, people out except me, little old me. Well, we didn't talk about you. It's just my blog. <laughs> um, and like you know he's they're reading from an article about the podcast that's published on the internet so yeah. it's not like yeah. but yeah I mean the the ending is is like the fucking icing on the cake for me it is well it is the icing and then and then the fallout of this is that he gets a bunch of publicity in western media and then he gets offered like an extremely cush job at Columbia and he immediately takes it that is Which, so like, unrealistic do professors make 100k no okay let's look up Average Columbia professor. In 2008. So, in 2008. Harvard, the the average salary of a Columbia professor is 188,000. Harvard is 191. Yeah, so that's... But but it's like a high He doesn't have a professor. He's never had a professorship. Yeah, but he got arrested in Russia and boys that are so unrealistic okay whatever so maybe that's not unrealistic but yeah i mean the, i mean the guy actually works at columbia so i think he knows how much is realistic fine he actually he's guessing i mean um fine that's fine but the whole thing of him getting hired that, like, that fell flat with me and didn't ring true no i mean <laughs> the cushy job is unrealistic for like getting arrested this is not i gotta get myself arrested um yeah <laughs> it, i mean it's not it's not realistic but that's okay um I kind of feel like the whole, that, like, ending... Okay, do you, you want to say more about the ending? No, go ahead. Like, the ending and the way it's sort of, like, it's all cookie-cutter and everything comes together and he goes and, get a job, goes and gets this cush job in America and everything's, like, happy, but he actually has to leave the girlfriend, which was the conflict of the whole thing because he promised he'd never leave her for a job. He promised he'd never leave her, period, unless she goes with him. But then in the end, it's, like, such... It's so easy. It's, like, such an easy decision. Right. It, like, he's just like, yeah, and I just did it. And, like, she's already mad at him because of him talking to the she, police. I mean, like, mad is an understatement. Like, she was not even talking she's to him. She's not talking to him, but he's not, yeah. like, sort of trying to, like, not trying that hard to get to her. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really it really just makes it be like feel like, oh, yeah, the whole thing was just fake. I mean, yeah. It, but the whole, it almost makes me feel like the simplicity of the ending and how sort of everything comes together in this cookie-cutter way. And then the simplicity of a, like a lot of aspects of his whole life throughout the book like his his problems are very simplistic his they're very like surface level his like why he likes Russia there's a part where he's like I just really love it here like I love 
like kasha i love the, or he's like i love the food i love um hockey and he names one other thing and like so like the whole i almost felt like the whole thing um could be interpreted as sort of like I don't know. I like almost want to say like a satire or something. The whole premise of the story is simplistic and mildly shocking. Who just goes up and moves? That's on. That's also sort of surprising. I mean, it's kind of cool, but like, remember when he's like, you know, and I just feel I didn't really have much going on in New York, so I just moved. Yeah, I mean, but he was in like a precarious position. You know, he didn't. He really didn't have much going on. I know, but again, I'm like, are people so boring? Are there a lot of people like this? I don't think that that speaks to being a boring person. Well, his character is like very simplistic. Like he, his desires and or the way he, the character expresses his like desires and sadnesses and like problems and achievements is all very, very. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like maybe it's simple, but the reason I said it reminded me of, of like a, the certain way that Murakami writes his characters is that, they also have this kind of passive approach to life. Like, uh, I think it was in Wind Up Bird where, like, his wife goes missing, like, the first few pages, and he doesn't change anything about his life. He just, like, kind of waits for her to come back, and he, like, goes and cooks food and drinks beer and stuff, and and that yeah. you don't have a critique of. And this felt similar to me in that way, where he is, like, kind of a passive person, and he's actually just interested in playing hockey, and that can be a nice thing to read about. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so the overall thing about the book, before you get too fatigued, is just that I found myself thinking, well, I told you from the very beginning, being like, wait a minute, wait, why are we reading this book? Like, why this book? And then we've explained it to ourselves, because it's like, whatever, it's about, it's a contemporary book, sort of contemporary book about Russia. But I guess, like, my feeling after it, and this goes back to the thing about, like, why are you just going to shit on something? Why don't you do something yourself? Or, like not talk about something if you hate it so mm-hmm. much <laughs> yeah um and my answer is that well it was too late by the time I realized that but also <laughs> um I feel yeah I feel like as a person who like this main character I'm very naively relating to in the way sort of like putting myself directly into their position who moved to Russia without a like um you know program like I wasn't a grad student or I wasn't like involved in something. I didn't have a grant. Like I just moved on my own. Like that puts us together a lot. And like we have similar sort of little concerns about that sometimes of the character and I. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel, yeah, a little bit responsible or something for portraying Russia, which is like what we've talked about a lot, how Russia's portrayed to people outside of Russia, like why that it, what is what are the shortcomings and then I feel this like personal um not well not exactly responsibility but that is like part of what we decided to do the podcast is based on like wanting to be able to tell it better right a nuanced image of Russians right that's our selling point yep and I'm like oh so this person fails yeah and so this person has this audience and they did this they wrote this book and I'm like and so, like, a good number of people are going to see it. Like, well, I don't know how many people, but, you know, whatever. It got a reviewed. Lot, I think, like, a yeah. lot of people did. It, yeah. Like, did it get reviewed in the New York Times? I don't know if it got reviewed, but it got, um, like, an article written about it. I didn't read it. Okay. 
And like this is gonna be it's a novel. We know it's fiction, la la la, we know all these things. We take that all with a grain of salt, but this is a portrayal of essentially what people are gonna perceive as contemporary Russia, like today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I find to be extremely lacking and like not um uh not very nuanced and in it in like okay, so if I was wondering like, do I need, I'm just thinking, like, do I need to write a novel or something? Is that, like, what people will read? Or, like, obviously one article is not going to, like, change everything. Or, like, this, like, the character writes that one article and, like, gets a job. Like, that's not realistic. <laughs> um, well, he's also, he has a PhD. But whatever. What I'm saying is just that, like, I feel like I am trying to put my, to put my money where my mouth is or something. You know? Or we are yeah. kind of. Yeah, we are. Uh, the problem is that we can put it. We do. I think we do put our money where our mouth is. But the problem is that we just don't have the audience, and so we can put our money where our mouth is all day long, and the impact it will have is much less than anything Keith Gesson does. That is the episode. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, support Sir, please head over to patreon.com slash she's in Russia. You get some goodies. I'm going to Russia soon, so there's going to be some behind-the-scenes stuff, hopefully. Um, eh, follow us on social media at she's in Russia. If you have a question about the podcast, give us a call at plus one three four seven two nine two seven one two six, or you can call us at she's in Russia on Skype and leave a message. Sign up for our monthly image-based newsletter at cheeseinrussia.com. That's coming out next week, I believe. Or or maybe this week, this depending week. on when this episode comes out. Yeah. Um, and we will see you next week.